Welcome to the Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories podcast. I'm Guy Massey. Today, impending nor'easter and the savvy podcaster. Buckles, uh, plane ride back. Um, he left this morning to beat the storm. They're going to be actually flying into the storm, uh, the nor'easter that's heading our way. We're bracing for it here in Rhode Island, here in Pawtucket. Um, it's uh, inches away on the map. It's uh, hitting hitting uh, southern reaches of Providence right now, uh, the first flakes. This could be a, a pretty good wallop. Um, it's got the potential, it's a possibility New York City may see a foot of snow in the first, first foot of snow. Uh, reaching the ground in five years in that metropolis. Uh, so I think Providence is going to have a similar fate on this, on this storm uh, cycle, uh, this uh, February 1st, February 1st storm. So we're opening up February with snow. And what better month uh, for snow than February? Uh, short month, but uh, some of our most major snowstorms in history have happened in February. Um, I know we've had a few uh, since the blizzard of 78, which itself was, I think, February 6th, 1978, um, a day that will go down as um, historic, well, it already is. Uh, we have a lot, of, a lot of stories that could be told of that, uh, that day and that following week of uh, cleaning out uh, and I think we're, Rhode Island actually was immobile for a few days, actually immobile. Um, nothing, nothing was done. There's a famous photograph, a famous aerial photograph of showing 95 in the state line in Attleboro. Uh, South Attleboro is right over the line. And the, uh, the plow trucks actually did a full turn right on the state line. You can see that Massachusetts from that photograph uh, was cleared out. The roads were pretty clear. And Rhode Island was a white parking lot. The other side of that line was a stranded Rhode Island. Uh, it kind of said a lot in pictures about the two states. Um, Rhode Island less proactive than Massachusetts during the blizzard of 78, but our governor Garrahy at the time, uh, Joseph Garrahy, yep, he, um, he was famous for his flannel shirts um, on the set of Channel 10, I believe was the station that he appeared on, uh, giving us total confidence that we could uh, be, uh, we could be victors over this, over this uh, incredible storm. That was the blizzard of 78. People still talk about it to this day. People still still uh, tell, tell their kids, their grandkids, whoever, the stories of the 78 blizzard. And um, we're not going to have a repeat of that, most likely. I can pretty confidently say that. Uh, probably anytime soon. It's certainly not this storm. But this storm, will, this storm is supposed to pack around uh, around that kind of accumulation a foot. So that's uh, you know I'm getting ready to I'm getting ready with my shovel. It's it's uh, 
it's uh, it's in the back of the house, right against the, the shingles of the house there, ready for me to grab. Uh, it's an arm's length away uh, for me to grab that um, and uh, and dig out this morning if we need to, or this afternoon, I should say, early evening. Uh, we'll know the we'll know the final count. Uh, definitely by the time the day is over. Um, so good luck out there if you're in New England, the southern New England, and uh, Connecticut's going to get hit. New York State, uh, lower lower part where, where New York City is, that's going to get it. Um, Philadelphia is, is already in the midst of it. So we're we're really um, we're ramping up for for a good sized storm here on February first, twenty twenty one. I miss the whole dining experience of the restaurant. Um, the pand- pandemic has decimated the restaurant industry. Restaurant, bars, eateries, bistros, cafes, uh, uh, even even coffee shops in a sense. Um, less people are, are going in person. There's a lot of takeout, of course, curbside delivery. Uh, house-to-house delivery, uh, but you don't get that in 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 restaurant dining experience. Uh, I I kind of long for it. I, I I love eating in restaurants. The food seems to taste oh so good, oh so good. Um, you know, you've got your favorite restaurants, and you know you haven't we haven't been able to go to our favorite restaurant in a year, and. Um, that, that, that takes a little bit of a psychological toll, I think. We have home as backup, of course. Of course we do. We can cook home dinners. That we can sort of create our own little restaurant experience uh, at home to some extent. But is it really the same? No, you don't get that interaction. Um, you, don't get the, you don't get to show yourself out to the public and show that you're, you know viable couple or family or individual you know and, and that you're part of the whole scene that that whole that whole experience is is, uh, is uh, denied us during these these COVID times um, how is the restaurant industry going to do I don't know enough about the the dynamics involved I think it's gonna, I think it's taken a hit already and it's going to have repercussions Will people go back to restaurants? Is the restaurant concept dead? Has COVID killed the restaurant concept? Uh, more than any other business, you know, whether you've got a bike shop or you're a department store or you're an audio retailer, you, you all get around it somehow. You know, online orders, of course with restaurants you can order online as well. Uh, online orders have overtaken in restaurant orders, of course, and we all know that the internet has saved saved things, um, saved our industries. Uh, can you imagine this going on without internet? Can you imagine uh, how isolated we'd feel? Uh, I wouldn't even want to imagine it. It'd be like the dark ages. It really would. Um, the, the local government telling you you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't have more than two people here, you can't have more than seven people here, whatever. Uh, you know, um, you got to wear your masks all the time. Uh, we're, we're, we're totally told what to do. 
uh, without internet, we would be, we, we really be in a sort of a little bit of a dark ages, um, maybe even a big dark ages realm. And it would really kind of suck. It would really kind of suck. Um, but we do have the internet and we do, we are able to order our Indian food and have it delivered uh, or go and pick it up. Uh, we, we, um, We've got the outdoors. We've got the outdoors that we do, and um, a lot of people have coped by increasing their outdoor activity. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, and others have just stayed in and hunkered in. Others have just gone to work like nothing's different. Others have uh, have uh, what have others done? Others have um, made it sort of a, a habit in life, in their, in their life during these times, to keep busy, to keep occupied, uh, to go for walks, to, um, uh, you know, luckily we can do that. Um, so we have to be victors over this, and... Um, but one one victim one victim is is really the restaurant industry, and it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad what happened. Restaurant, bars, cafes, um, breakfast breakfast spots, you know, diners diners are affected so totally. Uh, diners are small businesses, and they're in some ways more vulnerable than large larger restaurant chains, certainly. Larger restaurants, standalone restaurants. Uh, the standalone restaurants are really suffering, though, too, because it was just a big drop-off, a drop-off in patronage, even with the internet and uh, online ordering. Some of the slack was picked up there. Um, some of the restaurants have survived because of their online business, thankfully. Uh, so, but some of these restaurants we're not going to have when we come back. Uh, come back into uh, you know real time. Well into reality of, of uh, you know, our non-internet reality. We're going to find out that uh, some of these, some of our favorite spots, some of our very, very favorite spots, maybe our most favorite restaurant won't make it, you know. But some will, some will. Uh, what's my feeling on it? Um, what's my take? My take is, I think we're probably going to come out okay. I think probably a good percentage or most of these restaurants will survive miraculously and, uh, you know, continue to uh, serve the public with some, with some great food, you know. Um, I love all kinds of food. I love Chinese. I love Indian. Indian is some of my favorite food. I love Japanese. I love uh, Italian, of course. And we don't have a lot of French restaurants. You notice that there's not, you don't really see a French restaurant unless you're paying top top dollar for that kind of like restaurant. I know we have a few, a couple of few rest, uh, French restaurants, so-called French, well French restaurants in Providence. I don't know of any in Pawtucket. Uh, usually expensive, expensive dining, expensive dining. Because uh, French French food is pretty complex. It's pretty complex food. As opposed to, let's say, um, I wouldn't call Chinese food complex. Um, 
simple components to there and simple components to Indian food, although there are complexities to both. There's complexities to everything in life. Um, food is not an exception. Um, but, and, you know, in American food eateries, you know, our burger joints, our pizza places, and I know that's Italian, but we've Americanized pizza enough, you know, by now. Um, so the restaurant is a great concept. It always was, it always has been. And it most likely will go on and always will be uh, part of our uh, experience in eating. And uh, it's good to switch it up out of the house every so often. It's home cooking's the best, bar none. Eating at home is the cheapest way, the most efficient way, the best way. Um, you're with your family and your loved ones. That's just where you should be. And uh, you get to invent cooking. Um, you get to serve it. You get to set your table. You know, you get all the all the trappings with with home cooking. And it's a wonderful thing. But the restaurant slips in like a glove. It fits hand in hand with with your home cook. It's a good compliment. It's good to switch things up. We like to switch things up in this country. And if we don't have restaurants to do that, we're going to be missing a big, big aspect, a big, a big chunk of life experience, of life experience. So good luck. Good luck to all you restaurant owners out there. Hope you can keep all or most of your staff during these times. And uh, we'll come out of this at the other end. We will. There are people out there who really want to share their knowledge, their experiences, their hopes, their dreams, uh, their ruminations, their, um, uh, I said experiences, their, their journeys, uh, their ventures, uh, explain their downtime, uh, justification, exploring uh, deeper modes, um, uh, getting even deeper into, uh, into the psyche. Uh, and those are all experiences that uh, can certainly um, express oneself uh, in a communicative way. And the way to do it is the podcast. And that's what I'm getting at. It's called, well, this is called uh, coming into it more clumsily than I wanted to. I kind of wanted to make add a little bit of intrigue, but it's the Savvy Podcaster. The Savvy Podcaster. And uh, that's what uh, the Savvy Podcaster, to just describe, get right to the, right to the gist of the matter uh, at hand, uh, is one who, uh, first of all, number one, has, has an idea, has, has an idea well, needs a story, a storyline, something to talk about, at least for, let's say, oh, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, let's say, just on the, on the, the just putting this down on the tarmac uh, and landing it. Uh, and that is, it, that's a, an acceptable uh, format completion. 
with the littlest of investment, let's say, uh, in the path of least resistance, maybe, um, but maybe a little less ambitious. Uh, more ambitious would be a multi-segmented uh, structure uh, because you got to start thinking of the structure right away. It's right out of the gate. You're working with a format, and you got to work within that format. But let's say just for just for model's sake, a two-segment uh, totaling, uh, let's say, 25 minutes, and that could be an acceptable packaged product, uh, perfectly fitting into the current podcast market marketplace. Um, and so uh, you have uh, you have you have. You know you have an audience because you have something interesting to talk about. And the podcast is broken up into so many categories uh, that uh, you can establish yourself well within that category. You can pick a category that, uh, based off your story, your initial storyline. But a subset of that question is the sustainability factor. Can you carry that through in a series of programs that make it uh, what you would call the viable bod- podcast series. Okay, and that would be at least, let's say at least um, just a good number to start with is uh, maybe uh, maybe a set, uh, a volume of 10 podcasts. Uh, maybe, maybe you make that approach as you're outset. And of course, none of those have to be planned. You know that you are confident enough in your, uh, I'll call it, I'll still call it a storyline, your um, mission statement uh, through your presentation or your presentation, your presentation, um, because you can talk about anything and everything and, and have every totally disparate episodes, even stylistically uh, and even production value wise, they can contrast from each other and still be part of that um, that sort of audio magazine uh, cohesion uh, you want to go after cohesion you want to complete you want a volume you're, you're, you're seeking a volume the volume can be let's say uh, let's say three podcasts out of the gate but you, you don't even need to plan those next two this is the glory of it you have to have though the confidence to know that the one next podcast, let's say a week later, let's just use that as a frequency timeline for viable podcasts in the marketplace, would be a uh, 25-minute multi-segment podcast or a duo segment or bi-segment uh, podcast, let's say just broken up at least with one segment in a transition, let's say maybe. Um, and so that's the complete picture. That's the complete picture. Then you need your you need to have equipment. You need to convey your message. You, you can't you know you need your microphone. Uh, you got to get that uh, set up. You need your uh, software, um, and you need you need the uh, you need the phone or desktop computer, uh, whatever you're working on. Uh, you need that as well. So those, those would be next in play because you first do you need your idea and your, uh, but you, you're going to be talking to the wind if you don't have any method of conveyance. Of course, this goes without saying. So your microphone hooked up to your phone, uh, your computer, a mixer, 
whatever whatever setup you already have in place or plan on getting how and how ambitious you want to go into this project that's up to you hey if you want to spend you know if you want to spend a thousand dollars setting yourself up uh you know if that gives you sort of a, a boost and you uh or if you've got in if you've got into podcasting through that through that outlet that's fine uh, but you still need your idea you still need something to talk about you're not going to have dead air you're not going to have dead air so your 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 subject matter and then of course now structuring your subject matter in order to produce and broadcast uh you you can establish certain uh, uh global formats to your podcast such as uh, the format uh the actual format of extemporaneous expression that could that could be the crux of your podcast and create a freshness and approach yet have the risk of tangencies and ramblings uh, as opposed to a scripted or outlined podcast uh, to talk about that former the scripted approach very very safe maybe but is it safe if you flub your lines while you're reading which is very possible and I know through my, my experience my podcast is my podcast for the most part of course uh, extemporaneous expression uh, or extemporaneousness there's a definite extemporaneous factor involved with my podcast that is for sure but the scripted is something that is uh is for the most part safe you stay on track you know what you're writing beforehand uh it also makes for a certain gives it a certain uh uh cohesiveness in presentation um that's one aspect of the scripted uh podcast that i uh, kind of would would like to have and, and of course don't have with extemporaneous and that is uh the sound the almost documentarian although not that really it's not really probably a good word but the um purposeful maybe that's a good way to express something that has a script behind it um you'll be able to tell uh scripted from unscripted i can tell you that right now that's hands down and you can tell it can always tell uh maybe right now um i'm not doing a lot of transitional ums and ahs uh maybe that's because uh i'm passionate about expressing uh my uh you know what i my perspective my knowledge in a layman's at definite layman's aspect uh but with enough confidence to convey the information to you about what we're talking about right now and that's that's the savvy podcaster but staying staying on fo- focus for the savvy podcaster he's doing really well right now because he's already got this equipment uh he's got his room with padded areas maybe a carpet uh it's a quiet place a corner of the house or you know maybe it's a dedicated studio uh maybe it's a closet um maybe it's uh it's other places where you can get a little bit of uh less echo uh than you would from let's say a, a non hardwood floor non carpeted room uh with with hard furniture for the most part that's going to create a, a tall ceilings or re- reflective mirrors and things reflective uh sound waves of course is what we're talking about and uh so you need the carpeting you need some 
maybe you need some uh, some sound cells uh, set up uh, on each side of your bike, or you need a baffle, or maybe you need a um, a little booth. Maybe you need um, just a maybe it's just the carpet. Maybe it's just the carpet. And if you're in your bedroom, maybe it's your bed. Maybe your mattress bed and your uh, carpet next to your bed. Um, and you know maybe the uh, maybe the uh, the uh, Navajo uh, rug on the wall, um, uh, which is always a cool look. I always like that kind of look. You know when you see that in in, in a stucco home, for instance, it's it's a beauty. There's a beauty to southwestern art uh, of Navajo. Uh, just just a, a glorious uh, expression of art. And, uh, and, um, so, but, you know, these are, so that's on the wall and that's, that's softening the sound. So, you know, and do you want it muffled? No, of course not. Um, but you don't want it echoey. So you have to have these sort of balances to make the room acoustically good. You might have the perfect room. You might, you might have it all over us right now, you guys, uh, sir, or Sarah, ma'am. Whoever you are, that one, one that is the savvy, the, the savvy person knows where his setup is or her, and knows how to find a place that's going to be optimal, and work and be sustainable. Uh, so the weekly podcast, the weekly podcast, and and this savvy podcaster stays right on track, um, and it stays within a day of, uh, off of publishing, uh, maybe just for consistency reasons. Uh, do you have to be totally consistent with, with podcasts? Well, I've proven that probably to not be the case because I've had a couple of hiatuses. My December was this last year, uh, basically absent from the podcasting airwaves. Um, and uh, uh, just th- this last December, actually, was a quiet, my quiet month um, for different and various reasons. Um, I went through a little bit of a writer's block, a little bit of a writer's block. So that's, that's going to be my case study. And I'm sure this has happened in the podcast world where, uh, you, you've had a little drop off, a little hiatus. It was a hiatus, a self-imposed maybe, not really. I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. I could do a whole segment on, 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 on idea. Didn't see it coming. What didn't I see coming? And that was writer's block. Writer's block. Podcast block. <laughs> and uh, pod block. Uh, whatever you want to call it. And it's... December was was a nice holidays, uh, nice enough, given that I was alone this Christmas and New Year's actually uh, at home, home alone basically. Um, it, it just the way things didn't work out this year. It just didn't work out being with uh, celebrating Christmas with with, with at least some of family. Uh, and uh, I was one of those statistics of the lone, lonely, lonely household uh, at the holidays and the holidays. Uh, Thanksgiving, luckily, luckily Thanksgiving, I, I spent it with, of course, I did a whole podcast, a segment on uh, Thanksgiving 
at my brother Pierre's and my sister-in-law Janet's house in Warwick. <coughs> Excuse me. And that was awesome. But for the most part, of course, uh, the block of the block of the podcast may happen with the savvy podcaster. He may come up against a wall. And I didn't see it coming, as I was saying, as I was alluding to earlier. I thought I was a font of some ideas that I was having, and I was sort of actually kind of a little amazed a couple of times because I would uh, I would do uh, two podcasts a day, uh, which is not not tenable, not sustainable uh, by any stretch. And I knew it, and I knew it was in spurts. Just it was a, uh, I think it was in. I'm going to say uh, through, let's say, let's say September through uh, early parts of November. Uh, I was sort of on a roll there, but I didn't. You know, I knew that podcasting. You know, if you want to take the weekly installment, that's always cool. That's uh, very consistent. People can time and plan their calendar. I was doing them almost daily, so I would do, I would average, well, I solidly average three, possibly four a week at one point, uh, even even further clocking it back, maybe even going back um, into late summer. Um, I know summer was pretty, uh, I'm not going to say prolific, you know, what prolific's a relative term, but I was, I was definitely... Uh, producing my fair share in my realm uh, uh, but I had I had things to talk about I had a lot of things to talk about it's dropped off somewhat show format changed recently uh, to be a little bit more compact uh, a little bit more manageable on a sustainability factor but that's the savvy the savvy podcaster is now in this studio just cut, just catching up with our character and he's a cool, she's a cool podcaster. They know their business. And the savvy podcaster has, um, has a comfortable position uh, in whatever position he or she is in. It is, it's in front of the microphone solidly and determinately. And now they go to record. And now they make their, their recordings and they talk. And they express themselves. And they have guests, maybe. And they um, they employ different kinds of other methods. Uh, they make their podcast interesting. Uh, they they have a tinge of humor and maybe some irony. Uh, it maybe some parody, maybe a little bit of everything. Maybe it's focused. Maybe it's totally focused. Maybe it's mono- monolithic. In whatever format, you know. Maybe it's uh, uh, takes a purist approach. Uh, maybe it takes an analytical approach. Um, getting back to the purist approach, what would that be? Maybe that's maybe that's not a safe term because purist. I think being purist maybe maybe subjective. Maybe have a little subject subjectivity to it. Um, but um, an honest approach, of course, is always good. It's always fine. And so uh, the delivery is. Determined, and um, it's all good. So everything's put together. It's all on there in the recording on your software. And now you're ready to publish. You've got it together. But you're not quite ready to publish, are you? 
Now you gotta do little things like edit, you know, little things, you know, that can be either very simply approached. Maybe it's a one run that you don't do any editing to. Very clean, very fine, nothing wrong with it. Raw, maybe, in presentation, there's nothing wrong with that. If that's an approach you wanna take, you don't feel like getting into all the editing, you don't wanna get esoteric with your production. Um, you want to keep it really that way, all well and good. You know, path of least, path of least resistance. That might be the approach you want to take. But maybe the savvy, maybe the same savvy podcaster realizes that you know, safe is not always the best way to go. So there's always a balance. There's always a balance. So as a savvy trav, as a savvy traveler, well, in a sense, he's traveling through through time with his works, <laughs> if we want to get off that tangent, or on that tangent. Um, but the savvy podcaster now realizes that he has ready to publish, he's done all his editing, he's maybe added some things production-wise, introductions, announcements, uh, music, uh, uh, interludes, um, uh, segues and uh, maybe he wants to mix up what he produced uh, maybe what he talked about if it isn't chronologically linked on his, on his second segment he may want to flip that and the software enables him or her to do that um, very easily and he shuffle if it's more than two segments and he's got more than two does a little shuffling if he wants to get the optimal uh, presentation. It's all about the presentation and creating a little bit of tension maybe. That's always cool. Um, and congru incongruencies, congruencies, juxtapositioning, uh, sonic or oral juxtapositioning. Um, all these different techniques. All these different techniques. Uh, and it's done, it's done. Now you're ready to pub press the publish button and then you go to publish and now you've got to give it a title. So what do you title it? You title it what you talked about. You title it what you talked about. And you know, maybe you title it in a couple titles. Maybe if you had two segments, you each had a distinct title, a distinct subject matter, you title two titles in that title. That's how the podcasts are listed on the, um, in the directory. And the savvy podcaster knows that. And the savvy podcaster knows how to title his, her, her podcasts. He or she will spend time thinking about what they talked about and try to distill that into a two-word title for compact reason. At the most, three-word title. Certainly no more than three-word if you can help it. Um, and now you need, now the box comes up in your software for, and this is, this is software that helps you publish and, and uh, publish to the uh, sites like Spotify um, or the, the apps of uh, the directories, the, the uh, platforms for, um, for where you're going. And that's Spotify, that's Google Podcasts, that's Apple Podcasts, 
Uh, that's um, uh, Podcast Go and others. There's a whole bunch of them. And um, this is software that publishes you automatically up and, and gets you right up live. Uh, there's a algorithmic thing that goes on before. There's all the work that goes in behind the scenes, but it's all automated, of course, all computerized, and it is basically up and at them um, on the outside an hour or two uh, after you actually press the button to publish. But you, but but I've forgotten about the description box before you publish, before you actually hit the final publish button, which now goes brings you onto those directories, um, and that is uh, you need you you need to um, write up what you're talking about um, in 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 a couple of sentences, in a sentence or two, um, and then you need to, uh, of those, let's say those two subjects, you'll have two separate, um, not paragraphs, but you'll have two separate uh, uh, further detailing, but still staying economically, being economic with, with everything so that it's not, so that they're almost bullet points would be good. You could almost do that with bullet points. I've seen that technique. I haven't really include, included that technique uh, in mine, I've done it a little bit. I've done it on a linear approach, of course, chronological listing. So this, the savvy podcaster realizes that and knows now that when he presses and makes his edition known, so it'd be season one, episode one of his brand new podcast. And he knows he's got some more up his sleeves. He knows he's got some more ideas. He wouldn't have delved into the venture of... Uh, Podcasting, easy as it is, it's still still pretty pretty easy process if you want to get podcasting out there. Um, as long as you checked all those boxes that the savvy podcaster has very confidently. So he or she knows now that the next podcast he doesn't know yet. Maybe maybe he does. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't yet know the savvy podcaster that is what their next show is going to be about. But maybe have, they have a little inkling, but they certainly know that they'll be able to come up with something at least within that week's time. At least within that week's time. They'll have two segments down. Maybe they got to do one on Monday, and maybe the second one's going to be done on the, the 11th hour on, let's say, Sunday night. Uh, let's say you publish on a Monday. I think some podcast, a lot of podcasters publish on a Wednesday, I think, but I, I might be wrong about that. I don't know if the day really matters, uh, but let's say it's a Monday. And so where is the podcaster now? The, the savvy podcaster is, is happy and assured in his or her studio coming up next now with their next one. And they, they, got, they, got, they got their idea they did, and they, they, they either scripted it could have scripted it out. They could have just done a rough outline, or they have it all in their head, and like some podcasters do, uh, paper never touches pen, never touches paper in the process, uh, at least of producing. And so that's my savvy podcaster, and I think it's a good way to examine 
um, how you're, I think it's a good way to <laughs> just outline and, and through my experience, at least with podcasting, to give it to, give it to you in a kind of linear fashion um, of, of sort of a process uh, that kind of is all about sustainability. Because you want to be sustainability. How long are you going to be doing these podcasts? Well, you don't really know, do you? You don't really know. Maybe you just take the one at a time process and just realize that if you look back after a while, you're happy and satisfied. Wow, I'm surprised how many podcasts I did within that given time. That's actually pretty amazing. So maybe maybe it's that maybe it's that moment. Um, but this was all about sustainability, sustainability, because one podcast is not a podcast series make. One podcast does not a podcast make actually I can make it a fur I can go further because a podcast has to be more than one podcast otherwise you may as well be talking from the moon you know and saying I'm coming to you from the moon this is my one and only podcast and as a standalone podcast it could be the most famous podcast in the world but for right now you need more than one podcast to make it a podcast and certainly you need more than one podcast, my friends, to make it a podcast, to make a podcast series, to make a podcast series. And that's probably the number one rule, of course. And of course, it's, it's actually obvious. I laugh because it's really obvious. It's very obvious. The savvy podcaster is a happy sort. But, and that's a big but.